Welcome to Tabletop Journal's Seat Yourself podcast series in the hospitality tabletop industry. Hosted by Dave Turner, Seat Yourself is 20 to 25 minutes of what's happening in the world of hospitality tabletop. Dave is the globally known chief evangelist and editor for tabletopjournal.com. A non-traditional journalist, Dave has spent nearly 30 years as a sales and marketing executive in the world of hospitality. This podcast was originally published on the week of September 23rd, 2019 and runs for approximately 22 minutes. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode number 42 of Seat Yourself. Of course, Seat Yourself is our approximately 20-minute podcast on all things hospitality tabletop related. I'm Dave Turner. I'm your host here at Seat Yourself. And of course, we're coming to you from the beautiful city of Baltimore, Maryland. And in last week's intro, we again spoke about the food and beverage renaissance that's been happening here in Baltimore. And this week, another honor came to a local Baltimore restaurant. This time, it's Le Comptoir de Vin, a small restaurant located in Baltimore's Station North Arts and Entertainment District section. This past week, Le Comptoir de Vin was named by Bon Appetit magazine as one of the U.S. Top 10 Best New Restaurants for 2019. So congratulations go out to the entire team at Le Comptoir de Vin, just the latest restaurant in our home-based city of Baltimore to receive national honors. And now... Let's get on with this week's episode of Seat Yourself. This week, in addition to our weekly news and product updates, our 60 Seconds with Shannon segment this week will take on the trends in the meal of breakfast. Breakfast remains a profit opportunity for operators, and with suppliers of both tabletop and buffetware bringing some great new products and new ideas, we wanted to get the thoughts of our expert, Shannon Town. And of course, Shannon is the category manager for both tabletop and buffetware at Chicago-based Edward Don & Company. Edward Don has been the leader in both these categories and more for decades now, and they're getting ready to celebrate the 100th anniversary next year. And of course, we're always thrilled to have Shannon with us each and every episode of Seat Yourself. And so with all of that, it's time to get this September 23rd episode of Seat Yourself. Get it going. And by now you know, at Seat Yourself, we always start with our stat of the week. And this week's stat of the week is four times. That's a number from global consulting firm McKinsey that they say we're spending on experience-related services, such as attending spectator events, visiting amusement parks, eating at restaurants, traveling and staying in hotels, and much, much more. We spend far more on experiences versus goods and other stuff. That's right. These days, we're spending nearly four times more on experiences than we do on filling up our lives with more stuff. And while consumers of all ages are opting for experiences, according to McKinsey, it is really millennials that lead the charge. A McKinsey survey found that the average millennial outspends the average Gen Xer and your average baby boomer on all experience-related activities. McKinsey also states the fact that millennials are now the largest spending demographic group and that the overall group of higher-income consumers overall is growing as well. All of this, says McKinsey, creates greater confidence in the sustainability of this trend of preferring experiences over stuff. And this change in is a, it represents a generational shift in consumer spending behavior. And to understand the underlying drivers behind all of this, McKinsey sees three key factors. These three factors are particularly applicable to millennials, but they also hold true for other consumer groups as well. First, we now have a more holistic perspective on what leads to happiness. Second, 
there continues to be a growing importance of social media. And third, increasingly we all have this fear of missing out on something really good. And McKinsey believes that these trends are not likely to dissipate. Therefore, they say that this shift in spending behavior will stick around for a while. So it's not our imagination after all. Consumers want less stuff and more experiences, and their spending reflects that. Here's something else that's interesting about the battle between spending on experiences rather than on goods. According to McKinsey, shared experiences with family and friends have a deeper psychological link. This psychological link helps bring us long, better long-term intrinsic happiness than buying a product or more stuff does. They cite a study conducted at Cornell University that found that consumer valuations of their material goods actually went down from the time of their initial purchase to the present, but their evaluations of experiences tended to go up. Cornell and their research suggested three potential drivers for this behavior, that experiences are more open to positive reinterpretation. They also tend to become more meaningful parts of one's identity. And finally, they do much more to foster social relationships. So our spending habits have indeed changed. It's not our imagination. We are spending more on experiences now and enjoying it more. And that's this week's stat of the week. Spending on experiences across all age groups is four times the current spending on goods. And in the news this week is a story that just missed our deadline last week. U.S. Foods announced that it received conditional approval from the Federal Trade Commission for their previously announced acquisition to acquire SGA's food group of companies for $1.8 billion in cash. The acquisition expands the U.S. Foods footprint in the great northwest region of the United States. The five operating companies being acquired are Food Services of America, System Services of America, Amerifresh, Ameristar Meats Incorporated, and Gampak Express Incorporated. Originally announced in July, U.S. Foods expects to close the acquisition over the next few days. As a condition to receiving regulatory clearance from the FTC, U.S. Foods will have to divest three Food Services of America distribution facilities, one in Seattle, one in Boise, and another in Fargo, North Dakota. Divestiture proceeds are expected to be around the $90 million mark and will be used to reduce U.S. Foods debt. This continues the consolidation trend in both the food side and the non-food side of the hospitality supply chain segment. So consolidation within the hospitality and the food service sector continues at all levels, with operators and supply chain companies leading the way. But make no mistake, manufacturers, and perhaps especially tabletop players, many of you will have your turn in the roll-up of the consolidation game as well. Next up in the news from this past week, the James Beard Foundation has announced changes to the regional categories for its annual Restaurant and Chef Awards, considered by many to be the most prestigious culinary honors in this country. According to the foundation, the regional Best Chef Awards has grown from 10 geographic areas to 12. Certain states will also be reconfigured into new regions to recognize changing population data, restaurant demographics, and culinary trends. These changes will go into effect in advance of the October 1st, 2019 open recommendation period for the 2020 awards. The James Beard Foundation does this every few years with the goal of being having the awards be as evenly distributed and as culturally distinct as possible. Award programs, they're always tough to do with the politics and all, but I have to say the Beard Foundation has done a great job for a number of years. And while there certainly have been some bumpy stretches along the way, Overall, the James Beard Foundation has promoted the culinary world in a very positive way. And for those of us that 
live in the hospitality industry, that's always a good thing. For more on the specifics of the new alignments, you can check out our story in the industry news page of Tabletop Journal. And finally, in the news this week, Oyo Hotels is not a name that you may be totally familiar with, but perhaps you should be. Launched in 2013, Oyo is India's largest hospitality company. Its network currently spans over 230 Indian cities, including all major metros, regional commercial hubs, leisure destinations, and even key pilgrimage towns. Oyo has an international presence, and the company's vision is to become the most preferred and most trusted hotel brand in the entire world. Currently, the Oyo brand has more than 20,000 properties worldwide and have launched officially in the U.S. in June and now has over 100 properties in the U.S. under the Oyo banner. And now it's true that many of the Oyo properties are budget properties with limited service. But recently, Oyo announced plans to convert the Hooters Casino in Las Vegas into its first flagship property. And in January of 2017, Oyo launched Townhouse, a managed hotel brand designed to function as a social hotspot to cater to city dwellers and add a new generation of hotel and stay-over guests. Additionally, Oyo recently said it would enter the UK market with a plan to open properties in 10 cities by the end of this year. So, with plenty of funding for growth and a big and global aggressive vision, Oyo is a brand we expect to hear a lot more about in the coming days. So while they may not be on every tabletop supplier's radar screen at the moment, we think that they soon will be or should be. So you can learn more about Oyo Hotels by going to their website, oyorooms.com. That's O-Y-O rooms.com. And in news on products and companies this week, the tabletop holidays come twice each year in the form of the Edward Don Tabletop Advisor. And yes, the 2019 Fall Advisor is out. The Edward Don Tabletop Advisor is Don's tabletop publication that comes in the spring and in the fall. And the newest edition has 156 pages of incredible and innovative tabletop and related products. The theme of this edition of the Advisor is Shape Your Tabletop. And to the team at Don, your establishment, especially your tabletop, is more than just a business. It's your canvas. So why not show it off in a creative and innovative way? Edward Don offers up suggestions for incorporating unique shapes and mixing and matching patterns right into your existing tabletop. All of this to elevate your atmosphere to the next level and provide your guests with a whole new dining experience. With products from nearly every leading hospitality tabletop company, you'll find plenty of trend-forward products to go along with many of your classic favorites. So again, the 2019 Fall Tabletop Advisor from Edward Don & Company is out, and it's 156 pages strong. Be sure to ask your Edward Don salesperson for your copy, or go to don.com and simply scroll down to Publications, and you'll find the digital PDF version of the Tabletop Advisor there. And when you get there, just look for the Fall Tabletop Advisor. You'll find, along with that, 20 other publications on specific category solutions. Edward Don & Company, everything but the food, for nearly 100 years. Indeed. And in another story on great tabletop products and the companies that bring them to market, Chef Forward is a company that we've discussed before here on Seat Yourself. And not long ago, when California's Disneyland opened its highly anticipated Star Wars Galaxy Edge exhibition, along with its immersive and highly experiential step into the future, it opened with five separate food and beverage outlets, and they featured Chef Forward's Endure and Rain-X collections as dinnerware and serving pieces, 
all as part of the overall Star Wars dining experience. To us, Chef Ford is truly one of the smaller, nimble, very creative tabletop and buffetware resources, one that brings real innovation to food service operators. And they do it by marrying forward-thinking design with the right materials, which allows them to provide products that bring smiles to both chefs and customers alike. Chef Forward is driven by keeping ahead of trends, working with evolving materials and new technologies, and bringing value to operators. And to us, this is what this company is all about. And back to the Star Wars exhibit, suppliers who have worked with a Disney company just know just how demanding this Disney standards can be. And Chef Forward is that kind of smaller type company that truly brings creativity and innovation while at the same time being able to meet the supplier demands of our industry's largest operators. So, if you haven't checked out Chef Forward lately, perhaps you should. After all, there's always something new happening at this Phoenix, Arizona-based company. Visit them at their website, chefforward.com. You'll see what we mean. Now, 60 Seconds with Shannon, where Dave sits down with Shannon Talon of Edward Auto Company and asks the question of the week. For this week, Shannon discusses break trends for dinnerware and buffetware. We're back with Shannon Talon, the category manager for buffetware and tabletop out of from Edward Don in Chicago. And Shannon, the question this week is we keep hearing about the how profitable breakfast is to operators. What trends do you see happening in tabletop and buffet products for the breakfast meal? And people love breakfast, don't they? And and brunch. So you're you're so right. That is um, so so important to operators because it's so important to consumers as well. So I think that when it comes to the specific uh, meals that an operator serves, um, I think we see very similar trends in breakfast as we do the other main meal times. Share plates to foster uh, a sense of, of sharing at the table, everybody ordering a little bit, a uh, couple different things and sharing. I think that's just as applicable to breakfast and brunch as it is to, uh, as it is to dinner. So I think unique methods of presentation, which, in, you know, sort of enhance the guest experience and therefore yield higher menu prices for operators is also important. So whether that is the vessel, the material, the shape, uh, you know, those, those elements that operators are looking looking at for their for their main meal times is no different really with breakfast. I think when it comes to buffets, whether that is a uh, a restaurant with a with a big buffet operation, a catering company or hotels, I think it's really important that um, things even as simple as a continental breakfast are elevated and made a little bit more and enhanced made maybe a little bit more upscale with simple touches for things like bread and fruit and muffins and cereal, you know, the little boxes of cereal and stuff. I think those are really important because those little touches are what consumers remember when they come back to your establishment. So, and I think the silver lining to all of this is if operators can use existing equipment and supplies that they have for other meals. And again, I'm sort of talking in the buffet space. So things like Schaefer's or Schaefer alternatives, risers, servingware, if they can utilize product they already have for a buffet, then they've, uh, they've, they've made it even better for themselves from a profitability standpoint. And it'll allow them to make a really uh, robust breakfast offering. Now, here's Dave with this week's commentary. This week, Dave gives tips on how to best experience the upcoming Host Milano trade show. As regular listeners of Seat Yourself know, in our commentary segment, we usually try to provide some thoughtful reminders for building your brand or your company. And sometimes these reminders are on developing your own personal brand, like we did last week. Well, this week's commentary will be a bit more practical, but hopefully it will be helpful as well. 
In just a few weeks, many of you will be joining me in Milan, Italy for the Host Milano trade show. And I know from many of the recent conversations I've had, for many of you, this will be your first visit to Italy and to Host Milano. Well, first off, let me congratulate you on a great decision to attend Host. Host is a terrific hospitality-only show that's held every other year in Milan. Host has 16 buildings or pavilions, and they're all numbered. Tabletop is located in pavilion number nine. In building nine, you'll see our industry's leading brands, and you'll also see many familiar faces there as well. Now, at Host, the entire layout of the show is very linear with moving sidewalks down through the middle with exits to allow for easy access to any of the other buildings you might also want to go and see. I strongly suggest while you're at Host, check out both the coffee pavilions and the gelato pavilions. You'll be glad you did that. Entrances and exits to the show are on each, uh, each end of the exhibit hall on the end of the moving sidewalks. Keep in mind that the trade show is located outside of the downtown area of Milan, so allow some extra time to get to the show each day if that is where your hotel is located. Also, when you head over to Host, you'll likely be arriving at Milpenza Airport, which is the larger of the two airports in Milan. The Milpenza Airport is further away from the downtown Milan area, out beyond the show buildings. So, in fact, you'll likely pass the show on your way to your hotel when you arrive. And for those coming over to the first visit to host, my advice was to not overschedule yourself, but definitely have a daily game plan so that you can see the critical companies and the people that you're there to see. Beyond that, however, allow yourself some extra time to go around and visit the other pavilions and the other product categories. At host, you'll see some incredible booth displays and meet some of the friendliest people in the entire hospitality industry. And since it's a fairly long airplane ride to get to Milan from America, I've got a few tips to help make your long flight just a little bit easier, hopefully. Number one, bring your own entertainment. Yes, it's true that the planes will have videos, but today nearly all European flights have Wi-Fi. So I think it's much better to bring your own entertainment, whether it's movies, books on tape, music, or whatever you like. That way you're comfortable and you know what to expect and you'll feel good when you're riding on the way to Milan. Number two, charging and batteries. Always an issue for me, and today most flights offer some sort of charging of power, but we always travel with plenty of Mophies just in case for the external battery support for at least our cell phones so that we can listen to them for whatever use that we want to use them for. If the plane has power for us, great. But I hate relying on airlines and then get to get disappointed. Number three, noise-canceling headphones. We invested in a pair of Bose noise-canceling headsets a while back, and all I could say is, wow. Tell you, great call. Using earplugs, whether they're your own or the ones from the airlines, they're better than nothing. But if you can bring a pair of the noise-cancellation types of headphones, you'd be glad you did. Well worth the money. Dressing for the flight. Key word here is to dress in layers. To me, the planes are always either too hot or too cold. So dressing in layers helps add or it helps remove easily the clothes that you brought with you. I've always found that layers, comfortable layers, always seem to work out a whole lot better. This is good advice for the plane ride, but also for Milan. The weather in Milan is typical fall weather, and that is one where it's warm one day, cold the next. Layers can help you plan for the unexpected. Number five is hydrate. Hydrate and eat. I always carry plenty of water on my own on board with a flight to stay hydrated because I don't want to be getting on a flight attention, trying to get a flight attendant's attention in the middle of the night while we're flying over the Atlantic. Also, I try to bring a snack with me in case I don't feel like eating whatever the airline is serving. Regarding alcohol, 
trust your own judgment there, but I rarely touch it these days, as it seems to really dehydrate me. And generally, it just doesn't seem worth it. My advice is to bring some H2O instead and drink plenty of that. And that's really it. Other than to say, I hope you're getting excited. If you have other questions or concerns, drop me a note and I'll try and answer them for you. You're about to head off to one of our industry's best global trade shows. Be sure to get your game plan together, but leave time to take in as much of Milan as you can in the few days that you'll be there. This isn't any different than a lot of the other trade shows you've been to. It's just a little further away and it perhaps is a little bit bigger. Oh, and if, I see, if you see me in the aisles in Building 9, please stop and say hello. And one last thing, always remember, even in Italy, tabletop matters. See you there. Safe journeys to everybody. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Seat Yourself. And as always, I want to thank the Rockstar Category Manager, Shannon Talent, for joining us today. And of course, I want to thank you, our listeners, for joining in as well. And finally, I want to make a special thanks to the Edward Don and Company for sponsoring in part this episode of Seat Yourself. Edward Don and Company, everything but the food for nearly 100 years. And remember to be sure to check out their most recent tabletop advisor. You can download it from their website, www dot don dot com just go to the homepage and scroll down to the publication section we'll see you next time but always remember tabletop matters that concludes this week's episode of tabletop journals seat yourself podcast series for more news information and insights on the hospitality tabletop industry be sure to check out tabletopjournal.com <laughs>